Oh boy, I can't wait for Halloween, dear. You're excited? I thought it was just little Willie who was excited. He's got his costume all picked out. I bought him one of those pumpkin masks from Silver Shamrock. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm gonna get so much candy and win the big prize giveaway. Well, don't worry too much about the candy, son. Just make sure you're next to the TV when the contest starts. You dumb little shit. I can't wait until they turn you into a pile of fucking worms. What was that, dear? Oh, I can't wait for little Willie to win the big prize. <laughs> what even is the big prize? What do you win? I don't know. Money or some shit? <laughs> Stop asking so many damn fucking questions, you stupid wife. Why didn't I even marry you? I hate you just as much as I hate that damn kid, Willie. What? Uh, I can't believe I married such a wonderful woman such as you. Uh. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you wear the other silver shamrock mask I got? You can be the bit, I mean, the witch. Oh, that sounds like fun. I can sit next to little Willie. Okay, Mom, it's coming on. Hurry, put on your mask. It's time. It's time. Time for the big giveaway. Halloween has come. All you lucky kids with silver shamrock masks, gather around your TV set, put on your masks, and watch. Oh, wow, this is it. Oh, it sure is. It sure is. Happy Halloween. Ah, yeah, my eyes are worms. Moonchild after this? Moonchild? I do love a good Moonchild. As I've mentioned before, Visual Vengeance, this company that started putting out a shot on video. Video, thank you. Uh, Company has been putting out shot on video uh, films, and their latest one to come out is called Moonchild. It is a werewolf movie, and it looks pretty sick. I haven't seen a werewolf movie in a really long time. There's that new show that's on Disney Plus uh, called Werewolf Something by Marvel, actually. That it Werewolf looks, at Night. We yeah. watched we've watched most like half of, half of it. It's, it's really good. cool. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it's just one one hour. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's it. it. Oh. Yeah, they really need to like expand on this part of it because, yeah, it was so far it's really cool. It's also directed by somebody that's not really a director. He's a composer. Michael uh, Gino Chino or something like that is his last name. He did Michael up. Keaton? He also did the uh, new Batman soundtrack. Oh, is that guy? Yeah. That guy. Yeah, he's not a director. Whoa. He's a composer. No way. So yeah. you going to answer my question? <laughs> What's the question? Are we going to watch Moonchild after this? Uh, yeah, if I you can, know what if we I can get watch. out of work. Oh, you're working tonight? I'm supposed to. Oh. What time? 10.30. Oh, shit. Uh, clocks, also, clocks are ticking. There's still four hours. I also oh. bought a movie called The Masturbating Gunman. Like, so pretty excited to see that. It's my autobiography. Is it a porno? Maybe. Could be. Um, I haven't watched anything. 
I watched a found footage film that I can't, uh, fuck, it's called, <clears throat> they're watching or they're out there or they're outside or something. It was pretty decent. It wasn't scary at all, but it had a fun story of, uh, this YouTube psychologist goes around trying to help people and he's like, oh, in 10 days I'm going to help this agoraphobic woman who uh, is afraid of something called green eyes. And it was pretty interesting. Some of it was pretty not good, but for the most part... Which was movie cool. was this? I he doesn't know the name. It was called There Outside. It's on Tubi if anybody wants oh. to watch it. Shout out to Tubi yeah, having an insane amount of found footage films and apparently Plex also has a lot. Oh, I don't know if Plex had its own content. I thought it was just for, like, streaming. It is streaming. I mean, like, uh, between, like, as a DLNA. Oh, no, they have their device. they have their own, like, stuff. I started watching uh, this movie that I, I guess I haven't even heard of with uh, Bruce Campbell called Sundown Vampire, or The Vampire in Retreat. Newer or older? It's, like, from the 90s. Oh. And it's about this town of vampires that are, like, like hiding from modern civilization, but they're just, they, they're trying to live their like a regular like lifestyle without the like, killing humans. Mm. And they're all applying like sunscreen and stuff to themselves. And then shit goes, you know, South when, sounds uh, fun. when, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell's character tries to infiltrate them and he plays uh, Van Helsing. Speaking of people hiding from modern civilization, welcome to another <laughs> episode of Survive the Night. This is episode 61. We're recovering Andy's choice, which is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Which is Halloween, also, Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Which is Halloween. also, uh, Season of the Witch is also a Donovan song, and it's really good. I yeah, to to it. it's also, uh, I'm going to say it's the 40th anniversary of this movie. And also, <laughs> I'd like to chime in, they don't use the song Season of the Witch in this movie. They don't. They don't. I know. They I probably wish, couldn't get it. No, it's probably pretty expensive. Honestly. Probably John Carpenter was like, no, nah, I don't like no, that I'm shit. No, I'm writing this. My music. This is my movie. Put that game on. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, my name's, I love football. Uh, my name's football. <laughs> football Amir. I'm here with Andy. I'm hockey. Hockey Andy and Ryan. And I'm table tennis. Table tennis Ryan. Ryan. I don't I like even that. really, I don't even like hockey. Yeah, you do. Well, you no, do now. I fucking hate hockey. Well, too bad. Now you're stuck with hockey. No. Andy. I like fr frisbee. Well, you like Jason. That's actually true. You do like frisbee. I like frisbee too. We still haven't played together. Because it's boring. No, it's, it's not. fun. Put you right to sleep. No, it it can't even swim. It massages your glutes. Massages the glutes. That's fucked up to say, man. What did you say? I said you can't even swim. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but I can walk outside in the dark and not be shot by a cop. I <laughs> I walk outside in the dark all the time, and I've yet to be in shot the by states. A cop. Right. Now, why, why would you want to walk outside in the dark in the States? All the you cool, get shot by anybody. All the cool white kid stuff happens. <laughs> Maybe cut that out. Yeah. yeah that's not really we should just restart this whole thing. Uh, what have you guys been watching? <laughs> no, let's not do that. So Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I'm very sure that I've seen this movie as a kid. Uh, I don't remember it at all. So this was basically like a first time watch for me as an <laughs> adult and, adult, um, adult Hitler. <laughs> I thought overall, I, I kind of 
love the fact that they took such a bold risk for this movie. So it like, was not a bold risk, technically, though. This is something John Carpenter. <laughs> John Carpenter. <laughs> That's a little shout out to a YouTube channel I like. Uh, uh, what were you going to say, though? So they had a budget. They had a obviously had a uh, an idea in mind, but I guess like that that love of Michael Myers mm-hmm. was so fresh in people's minds that they were uh, very disappointed when um, this movie came out. And well, that's what happens when like there were two Halloween films already mm-hmm. with Michael Myers. So yeah, they're going to expect another Michael Myers movie. Um, so this movie was a fucking shit was both a critical and commercial flop. But one interesting fact that I found about this movie that you probably don't have in your fun facts um, is the fact that it came out the same year as Poltergeist, Friday the 13th, and Creepshow, uh, Friday the 13th Part 3, sorry, which all made so much more money than this movie. It came out the same year as Creepshow? Yeah. The first Creepshow? That's what it says, yes. What the Mm. fuck? Because he's in that movie as well. Who is? Uh, the lead actor, Tom Atkins, Tom Atkins is he in plays as well. the uh, the dad that like is talking to the the son who's reading the comic books. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so sorry. Quick thoughts. I thought it was pretty good, uh, entertaining, but some of it was kind of creepy to me in a sort of uh, sexual assaulty way. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, we'll your get quick to thoughts, that. Andy. Your choice. You've probably seen this movie. I've lunch. seen it a, a, a lot. I watch it a lot. He. <laughs> Andrew was like, oh, did you see the uh, the Halloween 3 reference in Halloween Ends? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking the about? F- the font uh, for the, the title card and everything is from Halloween oh. 3. You know which what? I said, how the fuck would you know that? I've seen this like, movie seen a lot. This is a dumb thing to be bringing up now, but if you've just listened to the last episode, there's one scene where you said somebody that plays the shape in the first one appears in Halloween Ends, which you didn't mention. Oh, yeah. At the dance party. It was uh, Nick Castle, the original actor of... Michael Myers, he shows up uh, like <clears throat> as a fl- the flasher character. Oh, right. Yeah. It's like a three-second cameo. It's a three-second cameo. It's really silly. Um, but your quick thoughts, this watch, when's the last? You've probably seen it pretty recently, too, right? Like last Halloween, probably? You watched it twice in the last week, didn't you? I did. <laughs> but I only I watched it twice because some of these movies I have to uh, watch twice just to get all the notes down. Mm. Um, and sometimes I just like to watch it okay. for pleasure. And what do you think this time? That's still, I love it. I know it's, there's some not great generational things added to this, that, that part of the story. Which but I, I'll talk about and it gets weirder almost. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But yeah, uh, I still like it and it's uh, still one of my favorites. It's probably my second favorite Halloween movie. Uh, obviously the first. and then Being goes, Halloween ends. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan, your quick thoughts. Uh, I really like first the movie. time watching it. Yeah, first time watching it. It was completely different than I thought it was going to be. I already knew it wasn't going to be about Michael Myers because Andrew said that, but it was even more different than I thought it was going to be. But I mm. really liked it. So let's uh, dig into it then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we mentioned, we are covering Halloween Three: Season of the Witch came out in 1982. The writer and director is Tommy Lee Wallace, who did Fright Night Part 2. There was another writer who actually wrote the script, but he said it was too violent and wanted his name taken off of it. Really? Yes. And Um, I have those in my uh, fun facts, I believe, and we'll talk about it later. Do you have a fun fact about a movie that Tommy Lee Wallace acted in? 
Yeah, but why don't you say it, Amir? Um, I, you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I was yeah, it was Batman Forever. <laughs> Tommy Lee Wallace <laughs> is. In I just got that. One, <laughs> is in one scene in the first Halloween where he he plays Michael Myers in the closet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did, so you had that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right here. It starts typing. Uh, as I was saying, somebody else wrote the script, and then John Carpenter came on and was like, well, I'll touch it up and stuff, since the original guy was like, don't fucking put my name on this shit. It's too violent, <laughs> which it's not that violent. No, it's pretty gross at times. Uh, it's true, but... I would think that, like, there's some gross... There are some violent scenes, but, like, I think the, the violence mostly is just from your imagination. I think it's more graphic than violence. Yeah. To be fair, with how not well it did at the time, it's probably dodged a bullet at the beginning there. Um, anywho, as I was saying... Tommy Lee Wallace then went on to uh, fix up John Carpenter's rewritten script, and John Carpenter went on uh, record being like, that was fucking weird. Hmm. Why do you do that? <laughs> he was very surprised. So, composer is uh, John Carpenter, because he likes to do the... And I will say, yeah, it's a really good score. Yeah, it's very electronic. Which um, makes sense because uh, the other composer is Alan Howarth, who did Halloween 2, Prince of Darkness, Halloween 4, mm. They Live, The Dentist 1 and 2, so he's done mm. a lot of fun stuff. The one for uh, Prince of Darkness is also a, a really good one. Special effects are by John G. Berlion. He worked on The Dead Zone, and he also did the second episode of Tales from the Crypt, which is on our Patreon. Oh my. So join and listen to us chit-chat about that. Give us your coins. It also might be episode three. For some reason, I'm thinking it's episode three. Episode Mike Tyson over here. Anywho. Yeah, I'll fucking bite your ear right off, dude. It's not all you'd bite off, you fucking creep. Yeah, you bitch. <laughs> Starting. Shut up. Uh, Dane <laughs> Cook plays Daniel no. Chalice. <laughs> no. So sorry. I'm sure the old horror heads, you know how in rap they call them old heads? No. When they're like I've old never heard that before. rapper, uh, people who only like old rap. Well, I'm going to say old horror heads, people who mostly just like the original horror stuff that came out in the 70s, 80s. Because yeah, apparently is. Andrew says Tom Atkins is a huge... He's v beloved in the horror community. Who He's is? Tom Atkins, the main uh, actor. Is he still alive? He is. He's a huge uh, presence at all these horror conventions, too. And, and he, he should have looks been the, like Dane Cook. He should have been the doctor in uh, Ends. He should have. That would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. So, Tom Atkins plays Daniel Chalice. He was in The Fog, Escape from New York, Night of the Creeps, Maniac Cop, and the remake of My Bloody Valentine, which if you want to hear us talk about the original, <laughs> go check that out. It's on Spotify and all your other podcast listening. Wherever you apps. get your favorite podcast. Stacey Nelkin plays Ellie Grimbridge. Uh, she's only had little bit parts in like mostly old television show. So this was like her one big role, hmm. I believe. Dan O'Herlihy plays uh, Connell Cochran. He was in RoboCop, RoboCop 2, and he was in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Those are all things I like. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's my boy. I know. Nancy Keys mm -hmm. plays, <laughs> plays Linda Chalice. We see her once. <clears throat> Yeah, we just see her once and then we hear her. But she's also in Halloween 1 and 2 and The Fog. Who does she play in that? Annie. 
Oh, I don't remember her at all. Oh, Jonathan Terry plays Starker. Oh, her. He's in The Return of the Living Dead one and two. So his character, that's the the uh, drunk character, right? Sure. Because they don't even mention his name. Well, they're not going to say, hey, it's Stalker. Oh, this is a guy that's the, uh, he likes. Starker. He likes booze. Yeah, he's the drunk man. Yeah. Al Barry plays Harry Grimbridge. He was in Reanimator. Yes, he was. Patty Edwards plays the secretary. I put her in because she voices Gozer from Ghostbusters. That's oh, wow. pretty cool. But she's cool. uncredited for it. Huh. Asshole. Uh, the dude with the greatest name I've ever seen, Dick Warlock. Yes, Dick Warlock. <laughs> he plays the assassin, and he was the shape in Halloween 2, mm-hmm. and he was also in Pumpkinhead. Dick Warlock. He is also, like, another one of those beloved horror uh, actors. Also known as Richard Warcock. <laughs> Joshua John <laughs> Miller plays <laughs> Willie Chalice, mm. uh, which is, I guess, Chalice's son? Yes. He wrote The Final Girls. Mm, really? Yeah. Huh. Mm. Pretty crazy, right? So crazy. All right, Andrew. Bake it away, toys. A doctor investigates a toy company that has sinister plans for children on Halloween night. Let Thankfully, me, it's not a sex toy company. That'd be awful. Okay. Let me... So, right off the bat, I thought this was... <sighs> I thought this movie was going to be like the Ghostbusters episodes where the kids put on the masks and the masks masks like morph with their face and turn real and turn them into actual monsters. I thought that would be really fucking cool. This movie went in a far different uh, direction than I thought. And then near the end, it went in an even more different direction (laughs) than I was expecting. There's a episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's exactly what you just said of your idea of this, what this movie would be. One thing that I found was interesting was this was in 1982, well before modern computers, but they use a lot of computers in this movie, which I found kind of fascinating. Even the beginning of it is just a computer screen. Yeah, uh, creating a a Mm jack-o'-lantern. Which I swear was going to have a fucking seizure for all Yeah, Ryan had a hard time watching this part. It's making my eyes hurt. There's a lot of weird... My eyes still hurt today. I wonder if it's from this movie. God. It's probably just from staring at us all day. I, I was going to say it's, it's from um, all the, the eye disease. Okay. <laughs> wow. I can't remember what it's oh, called. Yes. Genius over here. Amir, you, uh, you got the eye disease. <laughs> <laughs> I've diagnosed you with eye disease. The other doctor told me I had AIDS. <laughs> oh. That's sad. I've got an eye problem now, too, Doc? Yeah. Shit. All right. Let's get into the movie. We begin with some ominous synth music. (laughs) Halloween 3, Season of the Witch title. The company, or the computer. (laughs) Off to a great start. The computer reveals. The computer reveals a picture of a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, hurt my eyes real bad. I also did not realize until like near the end of the whole thing that it was a jack-o'-lantern. It looked like it was trying to show like road going off into the distance. It was, uh, Ryan had a, uh, a, like a moment of, uh, you know, that meme going around of, um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where he's pointing at the, the TV screen and it's from, uh. Uh, Titanic? No. No, where it's like something he's been in or like it's supposed to be like, oh, I know that. Yeah, oh, I know that. Ryan was just like, oh, it's a (laughs) (laughs) jack-o'-lantern. But like right at the end. So the pumpkin flashes until it fades out. Northern California, October the 23rd. 
We see a man running under an overpass. A car is chasing. It's eight days before Halloween, by the way. Something you're reminded of constantly in this movie. It's because Halloween plays a significant role. It's almost like this movie is called in ha- Halloween. Oh, it's yeah. Halloween. Halloween. Three. He finds a building and pounds on the door, but no one answers. He sees a car pull up closer, but it drives off. The man walks around the back and then to the front. The car stops again and drives towards him. That guy, that guy knows what's up. Goes to the back first before the front? Dude's yeah. Freaky. He turns around and runs into a creepy man in a suit. The suited man pins him onto the ground. The man pulls a, connect, uh, a chain connected to a car block. The car rolls over, crushing the suited man. He unnaturally just goes limp. So... He, yeah, he did that, and at the beginning here, not knowing anything about the plot, I was like, he couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, find out later on, but, um, yeah, so this was Agent Smith, right? I was just going to say, we see other characters like this dude, and they all kind of reminded me of the agents from The Matrix. Well, Ryan kept saying that it was like, are these the men in black? Like, not the movie men in black. and Andrew thought I meant the movie, and he was like, ha, 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 and I'm like... Shut the fuck up. I mean, the actual men in black. Like the ones that are like considered a cryptid. Uh, they're aliens. They're aliens. Also, or maybe a tulpa. <laughs> he doesn't so much get crushed as he does get like pinned against or between but two But like cars. it looks like he shouldn't have died from yeah, this. Yeah, that's but what I thought too. But then we right. find out later Stuff. why. Why? Uh, so another suited man gets out of the car and starts to follow. The old man runs away. One hour later, it's pouring rain and we are in a gas station. Which this gas station is from The Fog. Hmm. Is think. it actually? Oh, cool. It's, it's definitely from one of John Carpenter's other <laughs> movies. <laughs> the TV is on talking about a piece of Stonehenge missing. <laughs> Again, when this came on, I was like, why the fuck are they talking about Stonehenge? Yeah. This is stupid. Doesn't you have can't anything st- to do with you it. You can't steal Stonehenge. <laughs> Silver Shamrock commercial plays. Hey, more days to Halloween, Halloween. It took me so fucking long to figure out what song that was from, too. London Bridge. Yeah. And they chose that because it was a uh, public domain. And something that would get stuck in your head. Stuck in your head. Fucking easily. Yeah. I was just really annoyed by it by the end of the movie, honestly. Oh, you you will be. Mm -hmm. And then you'll love it afterwards. And then you'll hate it again. I'll never love it. Shut up. Gas station attendant is watching TV. The power goes out. The attendant hears some clanging. He looks out the windows and the doorway. The man from earlier appears behind him. He keeps saying they're coming. The man collapses. He's holding a pumpkin mask. We see the attendant driving the old man in his pickup truck. How come you keep saying gas station attendant? Couldn't it be his gas station? No, oh, it is his. Well, he's also the attendant. He's well, also why would the you attendant. call him the attendant? Then? Just gas station like- owner. So the gas station takes him to the hospital. Okay. (laughs) Dan Chalice comes to visit his kids and his uh, at his ex-wife Linda's house. He brings them some shitty Halloween masks. The kids have better ones from their mom, silver shamrock ones. Spoiled little bastards. Uh, Andy, what do you do when Daddy comes home? Give him a little smooch. (laughs) (laughs) Come here, Dale. Dale. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. I know. I know. What am I supposed to call him something else? Like, Daddy. Hey, Frank. And then he starts talking about uh, Steve Jobs to you, and you're just like, ah! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Amir, what do you do? <laughs> Get home to Daddy. I don't. Not the face! <laughs> I just leave. That's fair. Ryan, what do you do? I say, 
hello, father. <laughs> I've come to greet you. And he says, fuck, Ryan, you're looking so yoked lately. Let's go hang out in the sauna. Really? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, Andrew. Do you really give your dad a kiss? I try. And, and he's, call him Dale? He rejects me. <laughs> in some cultures, it's very rude to call your father by his first name. It is. It is very rude. What if I called your dad, Dale? <laughs> sure. What if I called him daddy? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very weird. Anyway, so... He's at his, Dan is at his ex-wife's house. He's giving his kids these shitty Halloween masks. They have better ones. And then the fucking shamrock thing comes on. In Monday Halloween. So he gets a call from his work and he leaves abruptly. He gets a really shitty looking page yeah. from his work. <laughs> we find out he is a doctor. And then his ex-wife's like, oh, fucking run away. Yeah, she was annoying as fuck in this movie. Can, can you blame like, her though? Yeah, <laughs> further you into can. the film, near the end, I was like, Dan Chalice does not care about his children. No, he does not. Wife, Dan goes to the hospital, checks in on the man who was attacked earlier, Harry Grimbridge. He's still holding the Halloween mask. Harry looks over and sees the silver shamrock ad on a TV. They're going to kill us, all of us. It's also one of the silver shamrock masks that he, uh, the patient. Yes, holding. he's holding the pumpkin mask. Dan asks for more drugs for Harry. He's now asleep in his own room. The hospital is empty. Ah, the 80s. So one thing that happens here, which is our first introduction to Dan, the pervert, is he's very touchy-feely with the nurse. At one point, he says, uh, I think I should have married you, Agnes. And mm -hmm. Agnes is a nurse. Grabs her butt. Then grabs her ass. Yeah. And then, like, what? What? It's the 80s, so they're all like, <laughs> yeah. Give me that I'm going doctor. to say it's definitely of the time for some of these scenes. Obviously, to things fair, you shouldn't be putting in movies anymore. He is a doctor. He has money. Yeah. I mean... I'd be pressing charges. I wouldn't say no to some nice new boots for a little kiss on the tip. I would go the legal <laughs> route and I'd get all the money I'd ever want from this guy. Ruin his ex-wife's life, too. Oh, yeah? Ruin his You got money for life. that lawyer? Oh, yeah, I do. No, you know, you don't got any money. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got many money. <laughs> so... I also wanted to say this this hospital is completely empty. Also, in this movie, we're not in Haddonfield. We're in California. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I wanted to say that is very similar to the hospital in Halloween 2, where there's, like, no one there. Like, they must be, like, doing a good job if no one is staying at their hospital. But it's true. the 80s, so... No one got sick in the 80s. Really? No, it's a joke. Oh. So... Yeah, somebody Google that and verify. <laughs> somebody Were people sick in the eighties. Somebody uh, go find out on Bing. What's Bing? Windows version of Google. Oh, the like wow. trailer trash version of Google. I don't use a Bing. I use Ping. That's racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we see a suited man creeping around the corner. He walks over to the man's room. No security or nothing. Why would there be security though? Because it's a fucking hospital. You gotta protect Again, these patients. It's the 80s. And also, he just had like this weird incident where this man just came in and was attacked. And That's look, true. That's a good Andrew, point. this is pre 9 11, okay? Things were different. It's true. It's only 19 years Can before I help 9 11. You? Things were lax. Or like, God, your knee is cold. Yeah. Thanks. Warm it up with my hot hot hands. Okay, that's enough out of you. Is Andy dead? Uh, Dan goes to nap on his couch. The suited man goes into another room, puts on black gloves, and then walks over to the man's room. 
He puts one hand over his mouth. Looks like he's about to punch him. This made me laugh. But pinches so him into his eyes and pulls from the inside. Like, I don't know what actually happened. Looked which cool. Dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> First of all, as Andrew said, and I pointed out while we were watching, it really looked like he was just going to, he grabbed him by the mouth and he was just going to punch him to death, <laughs> which that would have been fucking awesome and super funny. But instead he pinches like in between his eyes, kind of like on his bridge. It and looks then like he he's gouging. And like somehow, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought he was doing. But he just like grabs basically his face and pulls it mm -hmm. up and off his face properly. That, like how would that kill him is was my question. It wouldn't. I think from what it wouldn't. one of the characters says it later wouldn't. was that they went into his like brain it wouldn't okay but that's what they said it's so i'll take it didn't go deep enough yeah uh so blood drips from his face uh he drops the mask the suited man wipes his hands on the curtains <laughs> now this was also weird because he does not do a good job of wiping his gloves off and either. also no. just take off the gloves also yeah. the scene coming up will you know there's no, no point to anything. There's no point to it. So a nurse tells him, you're not supposed to be here. And she screams, and then she notices the dead body of Harry. Dan rushes through the hospital. Like he, Dan, the fucking doctor, the is doctor. supposed to do something. Again, why don't they have any security? Because it's the 80s, pre-9-11. So he follows the man out of the... I support our troops. Okay. <laughs> I don't. He follows the man out of the parking lot. The suited man is sitting in his car, and he begins to pour gasoline over his body. This is kind of a terrifying it's uh, scene. fucked up. You only kind of see him pouring it onto his face. I'm and like, he's like, has water? He doesn't know how to drink from a water bottle? Yeah, I, th I thought this was really funny, because I didn't really see the jerry can. Yeah, and it looks It's clearly water. It's yeah. not gas. So I was like, oh, he's a thirsty boy. <laughs> and the car immediately explodes when he lights it. Which I don't think would happen either. No. So, yeah, he pours the gasoline over his body. He is completely dead-eyed while doing so. He lights himself on fire, and there's a massive explosion. So, you guys have to assassinate somebody. Yeah. Amir, what do you, how do you assassinate the guy so in the... I need to assassinate somebody that's in a hospital. So, first I come in, there's going to be somebody checking me in, because there should be. Again... It's the, it's the 80s. Do you know for sure? No. You weren't. So I walk up to the reception desk. There's nobody there. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? I'm talking to nobody. And they're like, they don't say anything. The nurse There's turns around there. with a cigarette in her mouth. She's like, what the fuck do you want? Just go to, yeah. wherever. Okay. I don't care. Okay, see ya. And I walk into the room. I close the door behind me. I don't want people to see what's about to happen. <sighs> what is what is about to happen? <laughs> do I want to know? Uh, I put my I put my fing two fingers into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure he's alive or not. Yeah, make sure that um, saliva is good. He is alive. Uh, he starts struggling with my fingers down his throat. He's like, Aah! and then I start headbutting him over and over again. <laughs> that might hurt your hand too. It would, but I'm not human. Okay, so, so you you've killed him. Now yeah. what? I've killed him. And I, I rush over to the nurse. I'm like, nurse, nurse, something happened to him. And I point out that, like, I, I don't know what happened. And she's like, what? How did he get this way? I was like, I don't know. And then I sort of Homer Simpson into the bushes. I, was gonna, nice. I thought you were going to, like, rip your face off like uh, Mission Impossible. <laughs> and be uh, Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> that movie scared the absolute fuck out of me the Which first time movie? I saw that. The um, first or the second one? No, I think it's the one. first. No, it's the first one, I think. Mission he, Impossible. Oh, he oh, rips oh. his, like, uh, prosthetic face yeah. off. And it's the old guy. That, fuck, that gave me nightmares well, as a child. So I guess they call back to that in the new one because he takes his mask off and he's CNN's Wolf Blitzer. Andrew? Seriously. You're an assassin. Really? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, so, yeah, I, I obviously, you know, sneak past the front office. 
sneak as in you just, just walk, walk in, in. Like, hello <laughs> hello and she's I, like i am a, a what white do you want? i am a white man wearing a suit i can go anywhere i want uh so i go into the man's room and the Kindle, pre 911 yeah you can do whatever you want yeah, whatever. steal a plane if you want <laughs> okay <laughs> wow no i won't say the joke <laughs> so i've stolen a plane and <laughs> So I'm in Florida getting flying lessons <laughs> with me and a couple bros. <laughs> anyway, I'm in the hospital. Uh, you know, I see like there's like a like a ledge or something on the uh, wall of this room where the man is staying. Right. So I climb up and because I have superhuman strength, mm -hmm. I just fasten my, my elbow and I give him a good elbow drop <laughs> right into the face. He explodes. Oh, awesome. His face explodes. That's amazing. The body is still there. Like American Dad. Yeah. And then they, they see me like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. And I'm like, I was never here. And I jump out the window and obliterate myself. <laughs> Except you're not dead. You're just on the ground. <laughs> um, so I walk into the hospital. Uh, I smack the head nurse. And she's like, oh, I'd love to get your penis. And I'm like, fuck you, bitch. I walk through. Uh, I go into the guy's room that I have to assassinate. And I pull my pants down. I squat over him and just drop on him. And I smother him and suffocate him with my fat cheeks. Mm. The absolute cake that I'm packing in this trunk. That's too much. Um, yeah. It's far too much. He dies. <laughs> I get up. And then I, I walk out and I'm like, hey, let's go have dinner to the head nurse. And we go have dinner. And it's like, it's super nice. It's really like, it's a classy place, you know? Mm -hmm. It's super classy. You guys wouldn't know it. You, she goes to a different high school. Do you know where this is going? Um, no, he doesn't. So we finish the dinner. We go back to her place. She's like, hey, do you want to have coffee? And I'm like, it's 10 p.m. I don't drink coffee this late, but I'd love to come in and... Have sex <laughs> and come in, if you know what I mean. So we go into her house. Uh, mm. She mm, gets yeah. into her old lady nightgown. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I like I, the return of the sound effects board. We've been really lacking in it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I keep my suit on because that's... Because you're an assassin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know when I have to assassinate. <laughs> Um, yeah, and she just eats my bum for like three <laughs> hours. And then Ryan's like, I just killed a man with that ass. For three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like after the first hour, it's not enjoyable anymore. I don't know about that. So Dan seems unfazed yeah. of the death, which was true. We said that, didn't we? Ryan, yeah. Uh, Andy clearly has never had a good rimming. <laughs> You're right, I really haven't. Because he's the one doing them. <laughs> You're right, I really haven't. <laughs> what? So yeah, uh, Dan like runs out trying to chase him. The car explodes and he's just like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a doctor. I've seen death. Yeah, I've seen death. But never a man do this. But still, it was okay. Uh, so a crowd gathers in shock. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it. Dan calls Linda and tells her he can't pick up the kids tonight. Sorry, honey. One man was killed and the murderer blew himself up. And she still doesn't have any understanding. She's just like nagging him over the phone. She like, just, I feel like she just doesn't believe. It feels like he's, you know, lied a lot in the past. Uh, he's a woman. We didn't mention when he goes to her house to give the kids masks. She's like, I can smell the liquor on your breath. And oh, we, we yeah. kind of realize he's kind of a drunk. Yep. Uh, and also like. He's clearly neglecting his kids, so mm-hmm. I think she'd be like, you know what, fuck you, dude. Yeah. We also see the uh, we see a shot of the uh, car, and it's still smoking. The next day, yeah. yeah, which is really funny because, like, the fire department and the police have been there, but, like, yeah. I guess it's still an active crime scene. That's true. But there wasn't any, like, tape around it or anything. <laughs> no, it's just this random car in the parking lot smoking. So, uh, Sunday the 24th, the cops are investigating mm-hmm. Harry's death. His daughter arrives at the hospital and identifies the body. The sheriff says the man who murdered him was on drugs, probably. I know. I laughed at that part. What a dumbass. He's like, yeah. He's drugs. Got to be drugs. Drugs. Definitely yeah. drugs. And uh, yeah, the daughter guaranteed. Uh, identifies her father's body and then I identified her body. <laughs> no! That was very close to my testicles. Marijuana, likely. <laughs> That's got to be old, that weed. Oh, my Again, God. Weed. I want to say, like, between Andrew's hip and his knee, I probably hit closer to his knee. His balls are his, They must be low to the ground. We talked about this earlier. They can the actually air. stretch around the circumference of the earth. That's what happens when you get old. It's true. You went too far. It's true. <laughs> I went too far? Was it getting too real for you? <laughs> Ellie. Hits too close to home. <laughs> Ellie Grimbridge is her name. <laughs> good input dan sees the daughter crying in the hallway and he's like wow i'd like to stick my old in that new <laughs> that's really what he thought wednesday the 27th dan asks his friend teddy who is the assistant coroner at the hospital to help him understand this murder she will say she will try her best and he's always like yeah maybe we can fuck and she's like <laughs> i'm a lady in the 80s <laughs> hairspray right <laughs> Dan is at a bar smoking and drinking. He asks the bartender to change the channel. There's an ad for the original Halloween, the immortal classic, followed by a silver shamrock ad. I thought that was a really cool homage and something that definitely defined that this is in a different universe. I also, I feel like this is like the first like <clears throat> instance of like this tongue in cheek way of like, like a callback or a yeah, nod, or like almost breaking like a fourth wall. Yeah. Kind of thing, being like, oh, it's just a movie. <laughs> and also I really thought it was funny that they're like, uh, Halloween came out in 78 mm-hmm. and this came out in 82 and they're already calling it an immortal classic. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Four years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the daughter sees Dan and introduces herself. She says her name is Ellie. She thanks him for attending her father's funeral. She asks him if uh, he said anything before he died. He's like, yeah, he told me to just fucking go swimming in that deep pool of yours. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good sounding thing. Yeah. Tell Ellie I love her. She says he's a bad liar. He says he saw some weird shit that night involving a creepy man in a Halloween mask. Ellie takes Dan to her father's corner store. And then he sticks it in her corner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I, the whole dynamic gets really weird soon. So I'm just bracing everybody for it. A middle store more than a corner store. How do you know? The pussy, you don't know where her vagina is. Might be on the corner of her body. <laughs> I saw Tyra Banks talk about or talk to this lady who had two vaginas. Where was the other one? Just beside it. Across the street at the corner <laughs> store. 
<laughs> she had one in the back of the fit. <laughs> she doesn't actually stick it in her corner store yet. Just if I'm I'm gonna say like their romantic entanglement in this movie. When this movie came out, everyone was probably like, This is this is fine. No, there's no problem with this. I didn't see anything between them until they get to the motel later. Really? Yeah. So Ellie takes Dan to her father's corner store. She says she did some investigation of her own. Which I'd be like, hmm, you're a cute little detective. (laughs) (laughs) Because as we know, women don't have cognitive thoughts. (laughs) So uh, she was going through some of his planners. She thinks something happened to him in Santa Mira where they make the masks. Dan calls the ex-wife and says he can't deal with the kids because of a doctor's conference. He hangs up the payphone and grabs his six-pack and then drives away with Ellie. He has two six-packs, I'm pretty was sure. Was it two? I thought it was just one. And it was also like, you're trying to go investigate this man's death, and you're like, but maybe we'll have a couple of drinks. He's an alcoholic, so this makes sense. Anybody notice what he was drinking? No. PBR. Was it actually? It was PBR. No, Boy, it wasn't. It was. It was PBR. Callback. Huh. That's pretty cool. What about iced tea? Is that in this movie at all? <laughs> no, only losers think iced tea. Yeah, oh, losers with fucking sweet average-sized penises. Another commercial for Silver Shamrock plays on the TVs in a store window. Oh, so many commercials. Ellie and Dan drive to Santa Mira, which is very far into farming country. I also want to say that this Santa Mira is a fictional town. It is not a real place. It's also an anagram for Satan Amir. they drive through the town we see a creepy silhouette of a man looking at them the rest of the townsfolk stare at them while they continue to drive it's reminding me of the scene from once upon a time in hollywood where they're going into spawn ranch yeah yeah oh to uh go back to that meme uh that i was talking about with leonardo dicaprio's uh, pointing at the tv that's from that i know yeah, yeah 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 Uh, so they continue to drive. A camera follows, uh, all their movements. Yeah. So all the townsfolk are staring at them, but then there's also all these weird security cams all over town watching them as well. Uh, also Dan like says to Ellie, like, this is a company town and they don't like, uh, like, uh, outsiders coming in. Someone actually also refers to those cameras later as TV cameras, not surveillance cameras. I was like, wait, what are they televising? What's happening to these people? <laughs> Yeah, it's the new hit reality <laughs> show. Uh, so they decide to go to the hotel, and they are posing as buyers for masks. The show is called Hicks in the Sticks. <laughs> Thank you. The owner of the hotel gas station is an older Irish man named Rafferty. It's like, Pachis <laughs> So this man that is playing Rafferty is not Irish. He is from New York, and he has the thickest fakest Irish accent. He also said he had a lot of fun doing this because apparently he <clears throat> is either originally from Ireland or he has like ancestors. Oh, he probably just has ancestors. It's weird because one of the, I read some reviews from back in the day and one of the New York Times reviews suggested that this movie was anti-Irish. Did you say <clears throat> New York Tire reviews? No, I said New York <laughs> Um, which New York I didn't, tires. <laughs> I didn't really find that, aside from maybe this stereotypical Irish character, but I thought that was an interesting. Like I know too. the Irish people have had their uh, <clears throat> their issues, but he just he again, tries. It's funny because it's like he tries to do his best Irish accent, and then the critics are like, "This is anti-Irish." <laughs> I'm gonna say, yeah, it's just another group of white people, and you can still make fun of them. It's not an anti. 
movie. Yeah, no, I don't, I never... Also, it's not really making fun of them. You know, they might be involved in some satanic practices, but... Oh, I was going to say, if anything, they're making fun of doctors. (laughs) How dumb this guy is. Uh, So, Dan calls his ex-wife. Nope, we've done that. Where are we? Dan, so... uh, I'm, I'm, okay. Dan sneaks into the office and checks the book for Ellie's father's name. Uh, On the books, it's just a bunch of names of the crew. And this, you couldn't... Oh, that was the crew? Yep. That's cool. And the the dad's name as well. So this is something obviously you could not do in today's world where you could just like slip into the office and like check like they're like, it would all be computerized. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's no password on it, you could still check. And there's probably some old school <laughs> motels out there still that do like. And just type in one, guess, two, three, four or a guess, password. And a guest sign in book. That's true. Uh, Mr. Cochran, the owner of the town and Silver Shamrock drives by in a limo. Rafferty waves to him. Like really long, and he does not wave back. And he's like, "Ha ha, I love that man." And it's like, kind of reminds me of the doesn't... of the part in The Simpsons with the leader when they're like, they have like joined this cult, and there's like a uh, a cult leader driving a, uh, by in a limo, and they're all waving to him, and like the the leader like just waves, like sticks out his hand and just waves uh, briefly while they drive by, like something or like you'd see in North Korea, or like the Pope. When he drives by and you like you wave because they're like, oh, it's the Pope, and he's like, right here, yeah. buddy, yeah. fuck you. So I know you called him Mr. Cochran, but he's got an interesting first name too. Do you remember what it is? Like Conan or Colin or something like that. Colin, Colin is an interesting no. name too. It's not. It's not. Colin. He has an interesting name like uh, Adam or Derek. Steve. Conal. 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 Yeah. Conal. Conal. Cochran, which is not a common name. Conal. I'm gonna say it's an Irish name. Is it? C O N A L. Interesting. So Winnebago drives up, almost hits Dan. Buddy Kupner, Betty, and little Buddy are there to visit mm-hmm. Cochrane to put in an order of uh, of masks. Because he's a he's a salesman. Salesman. He's their top salesman. Oh yeah. Another what? A uh, woman drives into the lot and complains of the factory messing up her order. She really almost hits Dan. <laughs> this place is a zoo. Dan tells Ellie that her dad did stay here. Dan needs a drink. Dan suggests another room, but Ellie has other plans. He then begins to make out with her. Well, no, so they have this weird moment, and she's like, where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? And he's like, "You, you it's a dumb question, basically, he says to her. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's like, oh, so should we get spare rooms? She's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, what oh, do you, where do you want to sleep? And the, well, then he's <laughs> like, oh, I can sleep on the in the car because it'd probably be more comfortable than and sleeping on the floor. And then, yeah, she's like, well, where do you want to sleep? And he's like, I'm going to sleep inside your vagina. <laughs> Is that where you uh is that where you prefer to sleep? It's cozy. It's warm. It's like the Wampa scene in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna get a lot more graphic. Okay. Uh woman over the PA says at six PM curfew, please clear the streets. Ryan, we should who's say that voice. Sorry, first, we should say uh the actress playing Ellie, she's like twenty she was twenty one or twenty two. At the time, and fucking... 46. Yep. Oh, wow. Du- over double. Jesus. Which, you know, I mentioned he looks a lot like Dane Cook, and then this happened, and I was like, oh my god, he's actually Dane Cook. Because yeah, <laughs> that's what Dane Cook does, but younger. Um, they've gone uh, for interviews saying this is the first scene they shot together, the very oh first god. scene they shot, and they were like, oh, it was so awkward and just really funny, and it really, like, bonded us. I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. She was probably like, ah, oh, he had like that 
50 style strongman body where they kind <laughs> of look like they have muscles, but it's under like flab. And I just got rock vagina hard. And she, he also had a porn stash, a really thick porn stash. Yeah, but he that was does, the 80s. He does not get rid of that. That's his, that's his oh, signature look. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Andrew's got a porn stash. I do. I have a porn stash. That's disgusting. When you fall asleep and we cut your beard, yeah, off, we're gonna do that one day. We're gonna we're gonna uh, do a contest, and the winner gets to shave here. <laughs> <laughs> I've shaved before. It's been a while. Ago. I was gonna say, I think if like Amir woke up with his beard shaved, he might murder us. I would. Yeah. Yeah, he probably just would. just another reason. Anyway, who's the woman speaking over the PA system? Ryan. It's Lynn Brown. <laughs> it's, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. She's is uncredited, it? though. It is. Wow. You know, it is nighttime. The cameras are whirling. Really bad camera quality, but it was 1982, so what do you want? It was, like, really fucked. Like, to the point where there's no way you'd be able to tell what you the fuck was happening. You couldn't see anything on that thing. Did you guys watch it on Blu-ray? Yes. yes. Oh, interesting. I didn't find that. Really? Yeah. Weird. You got better eyesight. Well, probably. I'm the only one who doesn't ring. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, man. Dan is walking the streets. He runs into a drunk on the street and wants some of his booze. Dan asks him about Cochrane. <laughs> She's like, oh, God, give him daddy some of that juice. Oh, God, I need the whiskey. All he says is, I don't know, watch out. He's watching you with his cameras. I like the other guy says, I ain't got any diseases. Yeah. It's gross because it's clearly like a homeless man and he's got like a fuck. He's paper bagging it and cock or not Cochrane, sorry. Chalice yeah. is just like, yep, bottoms up. Yeah, he has no problem sharing it. I mean, I when I, I first saw this, I thought it was Tom Waits. He probably already has HIV. So anyway, he says, uh, Cochrane, fuck you. Pretty wild shit going on in that factory. He wants to burn it down. Dan looks confused and goes back to the hotel. We see the drunk singing the Silver Shamrock song. He goes into a shed and two suits take off his hat and pull off his head. Uh, Blood he squirts into the air. Goes into like a junkyard. It's not really a shed. It's like some shitty little hovel. And like he starts made. putting like mustard on his no, hot no, dog. He, cheese whiz. He's got cheese whiz. Yeah, the like cheese in a can on some bread. Mm, <laughs> he so goes gross. to eat it. But yeah, they uh, they corner him and they rip off his head. Yeah, Mister Smith, three and four. Um, if I saw someone eating a cheese whiz sandwich, I'd rip their heads off too. It's also just really weird that they wouldn't have done this earlier to him, I guess. Oh, that's a good point. Like, why was it he was there for so long? It was convenient before too. Yeah. Uh, Ellie walks by with a drink, a horn blasts, and it was the angry lady from earlier, Marge Gutman. She talks to Ellie about buying the masks. She shows the mask her son was playing with and the silver shamrock pin fell off. She says the merchandise is slipping. Marge goes into her room and Ellie in hers. Ellie gets out of the shower, but doesn't use a towel, but the bed sheets. Yeah, I commented on this. I thought it was gross. Do you ever do that, Amir? You yeah. just get out of the shower, sopping wet, bush just dripping, and you're <laughs> like, I'm just going to put a sheet on and dry myself off that way. And then yeah. when you go to sleep, you have a wet blanket instead. That'd be disgusting. I would hate that so much. Dan is talking on the phone with Teddy and says there are just electrical shavings in the autopsy of the burnt man. Someone made a mistake. Hmm. Dan sucks on Ellie's nips. 
<laughs> or, sorry, just one nip. That's true. Cut to them laying together. Then she goes back for more. Then he asks how old she is. After pumping her full of cum. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I was like, he's asking after the fact. He's yeah. like, well, I wanted to get one in before I found out if it was illegal or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> before, like, I wanted to do this before I go to prison. <laughs> He um, wouldn't have gone to prison. That's the one thing yeah, I also thought have. about this relationship is that her dad just died. She's sort of mourning him still and looking for what happened yet. She, I wonder if this is alluding to what we find out later about her. Maybe I have some questions that we can, you know, chat about. She seems to be after. taking it very well is what I'm saying. Yes. So Marge is listening to the radio. She's about to turn off her light, but sees the silver shamrock pin on the ground. She sees a computer chip on the back and starts jamming a hairpin in it. So this thing is attached to all the masks that we see, basically. This yes, round... it is their uh, seal of approval. Mm. An electrical shock hits her face. Her mouth is ripped apart and her eyes are bloodied. A strange looking bug crawls out of her mouth. The rest of her body seemingly turning into something else hidden underneath the blanket. So it was like, super cool. It was like a locust or something. It looked, yeah. It looked yeah, like it a grasshopper, been. but like, like if a, a grasshopper ate a bunch of creatine, just worked out really hard. It was weird. And uh, Ryan, you kept saying like, "Why? Where was that bug before? Where did yeah. it come from?" And where so did it go? It, Pop Nigel. <laughs> it must have come from inside of her. But also, she was uh, she was reading a book, but I don't know what book it was. I was really trying to see what it was, but it was too hard. It looked like a like a typical eighties romance book. Pretty sure it was Harry Potter. You consider that a typical eighties romance book? Yep. Harry and uh, Hermione. <laughs> 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 That's what the book used to be called. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom Atkins' butt. Doctor's ass. It was okay. Mm-hmm. The doctor's ass? Yeah. yeah no, we got a, t- a little sneak. I was looking for some sneak s- peek. For some sack. Couldn't find it. Oh, okay. Anyway, Dan wakes up in the middle of the night. He sees a bunch of men in white lab coats wheeling out Marge into a van. <laughs> Dan says he's a doctor, but they don't care. She will get the best treatment. This was really funny to me because he just comes up and he's like, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Why isn't anybody listening to me? Probably because you're not going to believe some random dude who just comes out and is like, I'm a doctor. But it's the 80s. I don't know. I just would be like, okay, cool, bud. Yeah. In the 80s, all factories had great medical treatment. Yeah. <laughs> toy factories. <laughs> the owner, Mr. Cochran, gets out of his limo. <laughs> What's you drinking over there? Switched it up to beer now. Pale ale. Indian pale ale, that is. Do you like the Indian? I don't really like IPA. Cool. So Mr. Cochran gets out of tells his Tells Dan and Elliot that she will receive emergency treatment at the factory. And he's like, the best. The best treatment. But it's like. In all the land. At a factory in a very small town. And, uh, so and he, I'm a doctor. <laughs> he mutters to uh, one of the other suited guys. What happened over there? Misfire. Cochran gets back into his limo and leaves. We see the, it, I don't think it is a limo. It's just like a... It looks like a limo. I think it's a limo. Hmm. I thought it was just like a fancy silver car. You should get your <laughs> glasses checked. You should get your dick s- checked. My Stupid. dick's been checked all the time. <laughs> by okay. By Ryan's mom. Oh. she a doctor? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, she tells me everything. <laughs> She's like, your fucking friend's dick's really weird. <laughs> he keeps emailing me. <laughs> anyway, we see the van from, or uh, we see the van and another white car drive back to the factory. Dan and Ellie overheard what Cochran and the motel attendant said. Yeah, because. They muttered fucking, it and they could hear them. They didn't, well, they muttered it, but they were like two feet from I them. Know. 
I found that silly too. Dan calls Teddy. She just finished sifting through the ashes. Someone may have tampered with the body. This is also Saturday the 30th. It mm. is. Mm -hmm. mm, closer. Only ash and car parts. No body pieces. Dan asks her to look into Cochrane. She agrees, but it's going to cost him a bunch of dinners. Also, why is, like, she's, like, the assistant coroner. What is she going to do and, like, look into somebody? Like, what, what resources does she have? She probably has access to some medical records and stuff for that person, possibly. Coroners have pretty high clearance when it comes to the medical system. Oh, that shut me up. <laughs> high clearance when it comes to the medical system. I just mean they're pretty high up in terms of, like, what access they have to, to people. Obviously, they deal with dead people. Dan and Ellie are walking to the factory. Someone is watching them from a distance. Ellie asks the receptionist about an order of their or of her father's. He was at there at the factory. At the factory, he was there and picked up the order, but no other leads. Buddy and family show up at the factory. Mm -hmm. Cochran enters the room and greets Buddy, Mister and Mrs. Smith. That is what uh, Dan and Ellie go by. Buddy is also just like a cartoon character, essentially in this movie, just so over the top and exaggerated. Uh, I said he was like the redneck cousin from National Lampoons. Is what he oh, reminded yeah, me okay. of. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Uh, he assures Dan and Ellie that Mrs. Gutman is fine and in the hospital. Cochran invites Buddy. Because, uh, sorry, he said they couldn't do anything for her, so they flew her out to a better hospital. It would have been like, no shit. Like, <laughs> factory. I'd be like, what about your fancy treatment? Yeah, huh? that's a good yeah. point. I'm a doctor. Cochran invites Buddy and Fam on a tour of the factory along with Ellie and Dan. He well, he doesn't invite them, but he's like, oh, can my friends oh, come? Oh, can my friends come? Okay. He walks them through the factory of employees making masks. They end up in a room, and Buddy Jr. wants a mask. This actually was pretty cool, because it actually looked like they were actually making masks. Like, uh, they, they might have been, because they, they were. did actually make these masks for Halloween. And oh, did cool. sell them for many years. Like for merch, you mean? It wasn't even just for merch. It was just like... Or like, even promotional. Oh. It was just like, these were the masks. Yeah. It was promotional at first. What's that? It was promotional at first. It was. But they like okay. mass produced it. So I've gone down a weird rabbit hole of, you know, I've <laughs> ran out of things to collect. So I have started collecting horror movie masks. So if anyone wants to send me... Um, a horror movie mask. These masks from this movie. Oh, you don't have the mask from this one? No. So if uh, anyone wants to send them to me... Um, Please do that. Thank you. His address is... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up in the room. Buddy Jr. wants a mask. He grabs one off of the racks. Cochran says it hasn't been through final processing yet. Mm. He grabs another mask with a silver shamrock logo. Buddy is super excited and puts it on. They continue the tour and Buddy Sr. asks uh, Cochran if or what is the final processing. Cochran says it's just a little of this and a little of that. Quality inspection, the seal of approval, trade secrets. Buddy wants to look, but Cochran says it's too dangerous. Something about like they spray it with chemicals or some shit. Yeah. Uh, Amir, <laughs> you work at this uh, company uh, making masks. Silver Shamrock. Just tell me about it. Tell me about your experiences. I've been working at Silver Shamrock for about seven years now. We make the finest masks in Ireland. And now America in the state of California. Uh, I've enjoyed working here a lot. Sometimes people touch me in weird ways, but it's just sort of, I signed a contract. Did you um, 
Did you start in Ireland and then move to I did. My accent. You, la- you last year. <laughs> my accent. You about to be Sean Connery. Mostly has disappeared, but. Uh, Open hand slap to the face. They tied me up and got rid of my ma- my accent. Uh, they didn't want me to. Why sound. does it keep slipping then? Because I'm, ta- I'm not talking. They're not in the room. You know, if they heard me, if this goes out to the world, I'm, As it's I'm dead. going to because oh, this then. is an well, interview. Thanks. You guys just killed you, me. Did you know this is a podcast? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. <laughs> you guys just killed me. Thanks. But uh, I still love working at Silver Shamrock. Well, that's good. Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the um, the benefits from working at oh, Silver Shamrock. Oh, working at Silver Shamrock is uh, it's very good. Um, like an old grandma. I heard Miss Doubtfire. From <laughs> hello, dearie. Uh, hello, dearie. Working at Silver Shamrock was very nice. What was the question? Wow, what are the benefits like there? Oh, lots of, of witchcraft Do you get and free wizardry. Masks? Do you get free masks? No. Oh, that's sh- one a shame. year. How long have you worked there for now? 30 years. <laughs> was it always masks? No, we did butt plugs. Mm. So you used to be sex toys and you transitioned to kids' toys. Yes. Interesting. Um, Any other questions for me, dearie? Ryan, tell us what the uh, job interview was no, like. No, come back you, to me. Uh, you started working at Silver Shamrock. Your bit's over. It's mine now. Oh, oh gosh. The, uh, the interview was intense, you know. They did group interviews. Mm. Uh, most of the other guys were in suits. Mm. And they all kind of looked similar. I thought that was weird. They had a weird, like, obsession with baby food. Whatever. Um, yeah, they asked me a lot of questions like, oh, do you take orders well? Do you like to keep secrets? <sighs> you know, how, uh, what's your hate of children on a scale of one to ten? What'd you tell them on that? Ten, obviously. Oh, right. Um, and they said, yeah, you're hired. Uh, first day started. It's pretty cool. They made cake. Do you remember what kind of cake it was? It, it was vanilla. Hmm. So Dan sees a room that oh my final processing, but walks away. <laughs> okay. You know, I tried something different. Not every bit's going to work. It's but true. Maybe I should test it before we go on air. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Just about, you test know. Test it on it's strangers. In the street? Yeah. yeah. yeah hey, guys, I got a bit. <laughs> Can I try it on you? Can I try this bit on you? And they don't speak English at all. They just like, get nod. away from the crazy homeless man. <laughs> try it on the kids in the playground across the street. So. Yeah, that's where I do all my material. <laughs> I run my tight five through them first. Hey, kids, come here. <laughs> I got a joke. <laughs> you want to see my bit? <laughs> <laughs> Hope not. Dan sees a room that says final processing, but walks away. He sees a bunch of the suited men just staring at him. They're all like positioned. One is on the roof. One is on the ground. They're all like, I don't know. They're really creepy. They're staring at him. I just ran out of breath. breath. <laughs> you okay, Andy? Anyway. Oh, God. Dan gets Ellie and they begin to leave. He says to her, they look awfully like the person who killed her father. So we see all these men in suits. They all look the same. For the most part. There's which, like some, like, they're oh, dressed the same and their haircuts are like the which same. Which is and intentional. And they actually wanted to get uh, just like gingers. Oh. Just wanted to get a bunch of like red haired men. Hmm. Get more anti-Irish up in this bitch. 
So a garage door opens. Ellie sees that they have her father's car. She runs over. It's a truck. Stupid. Stupid. I thought it's like a station wagon. No, it's, tr- it's truck. Stupid. It's a station truck. She runs over, but she, uh, she is stopped by a bunch of the suited men. Later at night, they decide to leave. Dan goes to check out, but no one is there. He tries to call for the police, but the operator can't connect them to that service. Uh, he walks back to his room. Ellie is missing. <gasps> He looks out the window and sees a group of the suited man standing on the road. That part is really creepy. I just want to say. Also, every time we see the suited man, there's like a like a certain like part of. How? <laughs> 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 there's a part of like the the the, the score that like indicates that they're mm. nearby. Mm-hmm. Mm. They break down his door. Dan jumps out the window. He runs away from the motel. Dan jumps out the bathroom window because he sneaks out that way. He uh, he runs away from the motel, hiding behind like fences and other shit as cars are driving by, probably searching for him. But like, they've got cameras everywhere. That's true. But I don't think they they are that good because again, they could but barely see in the daytime. But they're moving around on their own, like they're remote controlled. The cameras, Which, yeah, we see yeah. them. We see That's them not on their own. Remote controlled means they're controlled by somebody. Right. But they're moving. So they seem like they're somewhat advanced and they can, they have like a 360 degree. Or they're meant to be advanced, right. but they just don't look like it. Anyway, we see Ellie being taken into the factory by the suited men. Dan- She's like, ah, no, you're not old enough for me. Dan tries opening one of the factory windows, but the light turns on. He finds another open window and sneaks in. Dan walks through some hallways, missing some of the security cameras. He opens. Yes. Except one part, he like walks into a room. Then we see a shot from like the security camera's view, but with the security camera in the shot. And he's just standing there hmm. as the camera's starting to pan around. And like it clearly sees him. And he's like, oh, he ducks get out down of there. or something. Uh, he opens the door and sees a creepy old lady knitting. He asks, where, the, uh, where is the girl? He shakes her head and it falls off. Uh, that was fucked up. She's a robot. I thought this was creepy even before her head came off. It was oh, yeah, scary. because she has no eyes. Yeah. It's just like a black... I didn't even notice that. It's just It was weird. An old lady just... Sitting there knitting. knitting. <laughs> uh, when her head falls off, you see all these gears mm-hmm. moving underneath her body. No bugs came out of her, though, did they? No bugs. Was it slimy? Nope, it no, was just nothing. like all mechanical. Mm. Uh, one of the suit... Uh, sorry, one of the suited men attack from behind. Dan tries to punch him, but it does nothing. And then he says, like, oh, geez. <laughs> Shucks. Dan gets thrown around a bit until he's able to punch the man in the gut several times. Yellow goo, almost like baby food, pours out of the man's mouth. Like uh, honey to me almost. To me, it looked like somebody cooked up a bunch of sunny side eggs and then funneled the yolk into oh, yeah. a bottle. I, I like it yolk. wasn't, a, it was like a like yellow, but like almost translucent golden brown. Yeah. It wasn't like, you remember in Phantasm how the tall man bleeds? It was like, right. like really bright yellow. It was not like that. Yeah. It looked like yolk. Okay. So Dan sees that he has broken through the man's stomach. There's more ooze. He pulls wires from the stomach as well. Other suited men appear behind him along with Cochrane. He said he ruined a rare piece, the old woman. Cochrane knows his real name, of course. He says that Ellie is fine for now. Halloween. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-
Area. <laughs> oh, I do want to say that <clears throat> at some point we do get a nod to the score from the first Halloween. We do. Not the theme, but a different por- portion of the, the score. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, we see Dan wiping his hand off of the yoke stuff. And, like, he's not doing a good job of it. And then the next scene, his hands are just completely dry. Yeah, I didn't even didn't notice see. There that. was a deleted scene where we, he sort of slowly licks his fingers. I was about clean. to say, he was like, mmm, oh, honey. Fuck, I love and eggs. Then, then he, you see a shot of his penis erupting this yellow stuff. Oh. <laughs> I don't like the cut that you got. It's the season of the cum. Yeah. So they go down the elevator. Uh, Cochran talks about how he makes his robots. It's pretty simple, you see. And he was basically like, it's just a different form of mask, uh, mask making. And like, I don't know, you put a few gears in. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so I go ahead, put the final touches on this mask, and fuck, I've made a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> he talks about how, oh, we already did that. They walk down into this giant hangar. The missing piece of Stonehenge is in the middle. Various yeah, computers. This is oh, where yeah. it took the second turn for yeah. me. <laughs> it's like a monolith from The Shining. Not The Shining. Jesus Christ. 2001 almost. I also, at this point, it dawned on me and then I yelled it at Andrew that uh, the woman, the coroner that could only find car parts, it's because the guy was a robot and he mm. could o- she could only yeah. find those parts. And yeah. I was like, <gasps> he's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, various computers in a Stonehenge circle near the stone, like they had all like that that circular uh, area of all the computers, is to obviously mimic Stonehenge. Oh right. Yeah, There's obviously. a hidden power from the rock that they are putting into the microchips and placing on the masks. Cochrane shows where Ellie is on the screen. She's laying on a bed. He says that Miss Gutman is dead. He also like he shows the image of Ellie. Uh, laying on a bed and then it like it cuts to her not being on the bed anymore I thought it was just her on the bed the whole time I'm pretty sure it did a cut where she just wasn't there because I feel like I remember being like the fuck did she go I think they also did a cut to like Mrs. Gutman being dead. They did. I did. I do remember that. Yeah. And I also only remember Ellie on on the stretcher as yeah. well on the bed. But whatever. Well, it's like a uh, like a flat table and she's like strapped down onto it. Uh, so he says Cochran, Cochran says, Cochran says, you need a demonstration. One is coming up. Buddy's fam are placed in a room <laughs> resembling a typical living room, except it's like a bunker. They are being monitored. Buddy, uh, <laughs> Buddy is giving or given a, a pencil and paper. He's upset they won't take his orders for next year. Because they want him to see the, uh, the, ads. the ad to see if there's any th- improvements. And then his wife the whole time is like, this is weird. I don't like what's going on mm-hmm. here. Uh, Cochran says, roll it. They play the final silver sam- sample. <laughs> <laughs> it was about to, like, uh, or it was bound to happen that I'd mess that up. They play the final silver shamrock. Come on, I almost fucked that up again. It tells all the kids to put on their masks and watch the magic pumpkin on the screen. Buddy sits and waits. The silver shamrock logo starts to flash. So we're, we're seeing Buddy Juniors. This was uh, also like a, a seizure-inducing scene yeah. coming up here. So Buddy has his mask on. Buddy's face begins to be torn apart, and he collapses. Well, it's like the, the, the mask, mask starts, cr- like, melting. Melting his face. Him. Bugs and snakes come out of his mouth. It's brutal. So he's, yeah, laying on the ground. All these things are coming out of his face. Uh, like, it's snakes, not even just bugs. It's worms. snakes, worms. 
His mom faints and hits the floor. Buddy tries. Uh, Buddy Senior tries to escape, but he's bitten on the leg by one of the snakes and collapses. We see shots of the dead kid, snakes crawling over the mom, and a presumably dead Buddy. And now we see a montage of various kids getting ready for Halloween with their silver shamrock masks. The silver shamrock music playing over. It shows various kids. Uh, all over the country. And it keeps mentioning to tune in at 9 o'clock, which is a little Easter egg because uh, the first time the movie was aired on TV was at 9 o'clock at night. Hmm. Hmm. Teddy is trying to get in contact with Dan, but can't reach him. She's playing with some of the ash pieces while trying to reach him. She ends up, I wrote that terribly. She ends up calling up a colleague to look at one of the pieces. While she's trying to reach him. While she's trying to reach him. She figured out it isn't a car piece. Which, at this point, I was like, how the fuck do you know it's not a car piece? I know. Or like that it's something strange that needs to be talked she about. She is a scientist. A she, woman of science. She technically she knows, is. She knows dead bodies, not car A parts. woman of science. Coroners do often attend crime scenes, though. So She didn't. That. She did not in this case. No. Yeah. As I'm not saying know, all coroners. I'm saying woman this specific Woman of science. <sighs> Suited man enters and grabs a drill. He places it on the table. She figured it out and is about to call the sheriff, but is grabbed by the android <laughs> and he drills her head. Uh, I don't have it in my fun facts, but I was reading a thing. Apparently she got really like hurt during this. Oh, because like, she got caught in her hair. Yeah. Oh. Uh, like the what were you gonna say? You were gonna say got, something she stupid. She got really drilled in the head. Here. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> the 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 kill on this is like mostly you don't see exactly no. what happens. Yeah. Now we see Dan. He is tied up, James Bond style, to a rolling uh, chair to watch the horror. This whole like play out thing with Cochrane and and like him telling Dan his master plan is very James Bond. That's true. He does come off like a Bond villain somewhat. Mm -hmm. Cochran he's says he's also sorry he's not watching the horror he's gonna be like participating but he's also watching it just because he's you know watching the ad yeah right Cochran says he's doing it because of Samhain the blood of animals and children a sacrifice it's time again the planets decided this as they are in alignment Cochran puts on a skeleton mask on his head uh, onto Dan's head and says happy Halloween I like how you say Halloween. Halloween. Next to Dan is a TV uh, and it is playing the original Halloween. He is being watched over by uh, cameras by one of the androids. Dan is able to push himself towards the TV and kick it in. He grabs part of the glass and cuts himself loose. He throws the mask perfectly onto the camera. Oh, yeah. So apparently this scene took the longest to film. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the director, Wallace, he threw it on first try. And then after that, he's like, well, we got to do that. So they kept trying and trying. Oh and it took for fucking ever. I don't know. This is one of the ones where like, you're like, <sighs> this is one of the ones where you're like, this would never fucking no, happen. No, this would never happen. You'd miss. Anyway, so Cochran is busy on the phone. The android behind him is trying to tell him there is a problem. Dan is able to escape through a vent. Like Solid Snake. I was thinking Batman. Oh, that would work too, yeah. Uh, there's a malfunction on camera too. It's too late. He's gone. Dan scales the rooftops leading to a separate entrance. He's back in the warehouse. He tries to use his phone again and, and it works. They should have made a sequel to this. It was just like an action movie as Dan, <laughs> yeah. Dan as a star. Yeah. 
Uh, he calls his ex-wife uh, to warn about the masks. Hey, shut up, will ya? Like, he's pretty sure he says that to her because she's not like... I also... She's not believing anything he's shut saying. Shut up in there, will ya? I also really thought um, he just wasn't going to mention about his kids. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to be like, I only care about Ellie because she's 21 and that's fucking sweet. Yeah. She doesn't believe him and says he's a drunk and he's jealous. Go to hell. He finds Ellie, but Cochrane sends his androids to stop them from escaping. They walk into the hangar and sneak by using a rolling shelf of masks. So fucking funny. <laughs> it like, there's nothing it's else like around an, them, and they're just standing like behind, behind the It's like shelf. an Austin Powers like bit. It's great excuse, though, that their androids are not human. Mm -hmm. Assuming a human would have figured it out really quickly. Dan finds a box full of silver shamrock uh, logos or pins. He tells Ellie to wait there. Dan goes to the computers and plays the commercial on the in-house screens. Which, like, how the fuck did he get by all of them, sneak into that circle of computers, and then figure out how to put it on well, the Well, he just started pressing buttons. Well, this no, because he was like, Ellie, oh, you wait here. I'm a doctor. Yeah, I'm a doctor. I know this stuff. I wish computers looked like this today. Just a room full of weird lights and buttons. Oh, I love it. It does. Uh, Everything's got RGB on it now. <laughs> so he runs into the rafters and uh, begins to toss the chips below. The energy hits all the scientists and androids. It fries all the computers. Yeah, so I was very confused because I thought the scientists at first were just scientists, but afterwards, I'm pretty sure they're also androids. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're all androids. But like, there's no way those androids are scientists. It's a cool <laughs> visual when the lights form that circle. Oh yeah, there's some really cool shots in this uh, scene altogether. It was also really ridiculous that it was shooting like the beams everywhere and not a single one hit Dan. Co or Cochrane. Yeah, like, okay, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. there's like explosions and like sparklers everywhere and shit. <laughs> he is up pretty high, but yeah, at least a few of them would have, would have well, gone up there. Well, because they started going immediately when he started right, dropping them. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, it fries all the computers. Cochrane is left standing until the Stonehenge piece begins to activate. He applauds Dan. Like, good job. You've defeated me. <laughs> the energy turns... I give up. The energy turns uh, Cochrane into a weird dust version of himself, and it begins to explode. This takes out the whole building as Dan and Ellie drive off. Dan asks if Ellie is all right. She grabs his face and scratches at him until they hit a tree. He bails out of the car. This was pretty cool. I honestly wasn't expecting this from like an old movie that she was going to be a fembot. Honestly, I no. thought way earlier on that maybe she was part of it somehow. Mm -hmm. But we don't know. Did they like transform her into a fembot? So this is still like up for debate, apparently. But it's like one of those questions that people are still like, why would they? Why would day. she be a, a robot in the first place to lure him there? Like, why would he? He's not important. He's not important. No, so I'm, I'm thinking they converted her when they kidnapped her. I'm going to say they made a version of her at that point or, you know. Yeah, because the they, actual... like, they were like, they, they, Cochran was like, okay, I'm just going to make a mask of her face to trick her. Uh, Dan. Uh, yeah, chalice, whatever. Um, we're just going to put it on a different person. Okay, let me put the finishing touches on the mask. Ah, fuck, I made another robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it would make it would make zero sense why like to lure him there. It doesn't. He's nothing. Yeah, he's uh, yeah insignificant. <laughs> he's nothing. He's nothing. <laughs> anyway, Ellie's arm is stuck in the passenger door handle. She attacks him from behind. He beats the shit out of her with a tire uh, iron from the trunk. He smashes smashes her head on. 
<laughs> smashes her head onto her body. He smashes. Oh my god. He smashes. He smashes. <laughs> that few sips of that beer's gone straight to his head. Can you guys say it? Because apparently too. I can't. He, he smashes, smashes her head off of her, her body. body. Thank you. And it's very funny looking. It is very funny looking. He goes to drive off, but the arm tries to strangle him. He is able to throw it off. Of him. I kind of missed this. Did it crawl up his body or something, or was it just so he on closed him? the door? The door. Her arm was still holding onto yeah. the door, uh, and then it like detached, and then on. tried to like. And then it was super fucking funny when he gets out of the car and he's wrestling with it, and the arm is like. You can clearly down. Yeah, you can clearly see that somebody had just. We also forgot to mention. Fuck! Is it when uh, Chalice Dan? Uh, is it when he's like walking around and right before he bumps into the old uh, homeless man. Oh, is it, is it there or is it at a different part where we see the shadow of a cameraman? Oh, it's oh, really? when he's breaking into the uh, factory. Yes. Yeah. And we so very clear. Like I, I had a double take cause I was like, there's no. Why does his shadow look like that? And then it's very yeah, clearly a camera. No, we were watching. Yeah. I completely have missed that. And Ryan was like, is that, is that the cameraman right there? And I'm like, oh, sure is. I guess you don't get that uh, in a, uh, you know, original Halloween movie, do you? <laughs> the cameraman? <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Uh, so her headless body tries to kill him one more time, but it collapses. Why won't you die? Because, you know. You'll never get away with she it. She keeps coming Powers. back. Dan runs into the darkness. He ends up at the gas station from the beginning. He's in the same panic as Harry earlier. He's Which I found super, super funny because it's the same dude at the gas station. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck, this guy's probably like, there's a lot of fucking crazy white people around here. <laughs> He's pleading over the phone with the TV companies to turn off the commercial. They turn it off on two channels, but the third is still left on. Stop it. Stop it. Turn it off. Stop it. Turn it off. It was super weird because like, just some random dude calls and like, you got to turn those ads off. I feel like the TV company first, I don't think he would have gotten a hold of somebody who would be able to do anything about again, it. Again, it was the eighties. And they, again, they only had like what? Three channels. <laughs> Second, I'm pretty sure they'd have been like, yeah, how about you suck my clit, bud? Okay. Anyway. So yeah, he keeps saying that over and over again and, uh, it doesn't work. And that's when the movie ends. One thing that I found interesting, again, I read this New York Times review. It said it was anti-Irish, whatever. But what it also said that I kind of agreed with with this movie was that it had like an anti-capitalist kind of idea throughout the movie. Totally. Well, you get that idea that like these commercials are, are keep like keep playing over and over again. Trying to make you purchase these items yeah. for like, you know, the ending is not so good. Um yeah. Like sinister reasons. And which also is, sort of like a Big Brother vibe throughout when they're in this town. To some which degree. is uh, really funny since they <clears throat> made, made them and masks, sold them. And sold them. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some fun facts here. Uh, so as we were about to explain, but I wanted to say it now, uh, John Carpenter didn't plan on having Michael Myers in another Halloween movie after the first one. He only wanted him in the first. He wanted different Halloween related stories each time, kind oh. of like a, a full length anthology kind mm -hmm. of thing. That would have been really cool, honestly. But because the first Halloween was such a success, a success <laughs> producers forced him to use Myers again. He did, but he killed him off, him and Loomis off, and he was done with it. 
which is that then he produced Season of the Witch to get back to his original plan, but unfortunately it shit the bed, mainly because people are like, why Where's, isn't Michael Myers yeah, in this? Yeah, why is he not in this? Uh, he was pretty pissed off about that. I would be too. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter ended up selling the rights years later because he wasn't interested in doing a Myers movie again. And then the new owners uh, brought Myers and Loomis back with little explanation on how they survived. Hmm. I think that maybe was a problem with like the marketing and promotion maybe of the third one, maybe not separating itself enough from, or maybe not tying into what his vision was enough. I will say, so obviously this movie does have cult status now. Um like a lot of people do love it, including myself. Uh, if it hadn't, like if it didn't have the title Halloween and if it was just season of the witch, it would have been, it would have been huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of these other ones I've already mentioned, but I will mention again, the original writer of the story was Nigel Neal. Uh, he's done some other pretty big things, but he sued the producers to take his name off the movie after seeing how violent it was. Maybe this stuff towards the children, could be yeah. because this is one of those rare instances where like children are the main targets of this movie and one like gets horribly mutated <laughs> all right well let's get into everybody's favorite portion of the episode uh, Amir's facts. <laughs> seems so happy about that amir cheese whiz and subway were two official sponsors of the movie a cross-promotion involves sandwich artists using cheese whiz instead of cheese slices for subs for a limited time. No one bought any of these cheese whiz subs. That's not a surprise at all. Cheese whiz went bankrupt following the promotion. Damn. In Ireland, they don't actually celebrate Halloween 3 or the season of autumn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they do, however, love cheese whiz in Ireland. So much so that there's a town named Old Cheesy Whiz. <laughs> I thought that was a uh, a bedtime story parents tell their yeah. children to make old sure cheese. they're good. Old cheesy Wheezy. You better be good. You better wash your face or Old Cheesy Wheezy. <laughs> they should make a horror movie that's designed around Cheese Whiz going mutant and killing everybody. I've already written it. <clears throat> Can't wait to watch it. Final thoughts. Um, I probably don't love this as much as Andy, but that's not a surprise. Um, I do applaud um, John Carpenter for trying something new uh, at a time. I wonder if people took more risks in the 80s. Probably, probably, right? Than they do nowadays with modern films. I feel like there's less risks being taken overall. Again, I think it's just, it comes down to money. And like... The studios only want a certain thing. You have to imagine that he probably did know that people expected more Myers, but decided to go this other route yeah. anyway. So I, I applaud the movie for and that. And it has its, you know, <clears throat> it has its love. Music uh, and effects, as we've talked about, were really cool throughout this movie. Um, I did get put off by the generational stuff we talked about a little bit. Um, and some of the plot was a little weird to me. Uh, I feel like there were some missing pieces that could have explained the origins and that sort of thing a little bit more. Uh, overall, I'm going to give this one 6.6 Danny DeVito's out of 10. Sounded like a toilet flushing almost. It did. A metallic toilet. Andy. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I watch it often. Twice in a week even. I know it isn't like a good movie. In like, I think it is a good movie, but also it is like a cheesy movie, but it also has just so many things happening that... I love. 
like just all the the weird robots kid death the kid death you know stonehenge big stonehenge fan over here older men and younger ladies uh obviously i don't like that (laughs) i don't like that that stuff is weird i I love tom atkins but yeah that part is doesn't age well but uh yeah i give it 9.3 tom atkins butts out of 10 (laughs) 9.3 yeah Holy shit. That's a big, it's okay. a big one. I just love that. I just love this movie. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you texting right now? Your mom. What a piece of shit. Anywho, I, I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he looks like Dane Cook and he slept with a young woman, which was uncomfortable, but the effects were really cool. The story was interesting and all over the place and it was cheesy fun. Uh, I would give this film 7.8 cheese whiz bread (laughs) out of 10. I will say that you'll never watch the movie The Guest uh, the same ever again. Because that movie was heavily inspired by Halloween 3. The Um, Guest was? Yeah, a lot of the aesthetic that goes... Like the slasher film. Yeah, the one one that you'll really enjoy. Well, the one that is like the prime example of a soundtrack making a movie yes Hmm. so that movie yeah just a lot of the aesthetic uh like when they go into the halloween dance it's all halloween three related things Hmm. um before we sign off we've uh consumed a lot of halloween in the last couple weeks um how does this movie compare just in terms of all of the halloweens that you've seen Uh, andy obviously you're probably the most familiar from all of us but with all of the halloween movies how does this rank like i feel like it doesn't really obviously it doesn't fit with the other Mm -hmm. ones but like it's still in the series if you still want to include it in the series it's my second favorite it would go his first being halloween no no the first one being the original the original this one and then i think two and then it branches off. I don't want to get into that. Uh, for me, I think it's the same. The original Halloween, uh, probably the best. I still prefer the Myers ones over this one, I think, overall. Um, but it's not horrible. Ryan? Uh, I haven't really seen the original ones that I can remember. And being not like a massive fan of slasher, I would probably have to say this is You wouldn't even really call this a slasher movie, would you? No, it's not. No, yeah. There's it's a lot of psychological, of supernatural, supernatural... Technological horror, even, I think which is weird. if Halloween did branch off into this, I would have enjoyed the Halloween films a lot more. I think it's, uh, you know, I think 40 years is long enough for this to get a sequel. Like, I think they that's what they need to do is do a season of the Witch sequel. I know Cody Carpenter only really does the music, but it would be cool if he gets inspired to create some movies and see what he can come up with from the... Uh, that would be cool. DNA is We John. might get uh, one... One more uh, John Carpenter movie, too. He keeps saying that he wants to direct a Dead Space movie. Mm, based on the game. Oh, he's a big gamer. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was episode 61 of the Survive the Night podcast. Uh, if you want to connect with us on social media, Instagram, s.t.n underscore podcast. On Twitter, we're at stnpod. On TikTok, we're at podcast stn. On Facebook, you can just search up our group and page by searching Survive the Night podcast. You can also email us at survive the night podcast at gmail.com and we have patreon now. Mm. yes pay us which patreon we have our survive the crypt series on it we have three episodes up so far though at the time of this releasing we should have four episodes up uh if 
you want to join our Patreon, cool. <laughs> uh, if you don't, we'll go. Uh, the we'll kill you. The link is on our Facebook page, and I believe it's on Instagram, Instagram also. Yeah. So yeah, also like uh, we don't get a ton of emails, but if if you just had some thoughts about horror movies, and if, if not the horror movies that we're covering, and just want to share something, we'll read it on the air for you, and you'll be famous in India, South Korea, Marpol, and Langley. <laughs> so if you want that fame, even if it's just fifteen minutes, come get it. On the next episode of Survive the Night, it's my choice. And we're going to do a movie that Ryan apparently hates, which is great. <laughs> I like making Ryan upset. It's The Shining. Mm. Stanley Kubrick. Classic. One of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> Not just horror movies. Here, David Letterman. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, for Survive the Night, I'm Amir, here with Andy. Yeah. And Ryan. Yes. Talk to you next week. Bye. Secluded in a remote area of the Rocky Mountains is the stunning Overlook Hotel. Built upon sacred indigenous land that white people stole and featuring 142 pristine rooms. The Overlook is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Make sure you check out the Gold Ballroom, featuring the award-winning cocktail artist, Lloyd the Bartender. Bourbon on the rocks, or how about a glass of red rum? Come for the hospitality. Stay for the dark history. Want to go back to my room and have gay sex? Ah, that would be good. I'm Stuart Ullman. General Manager at The Overlook. It sure is a dark history. The previous winter caretaker, Charles Grady, had a mental breakdown and killed his family with an axe, but he was a great caretaker. Stacked them neatly in one of the rooms in the West Wing, and then he put both barrels of a shotgun in his mouth. The good news is the hotel isn't haunted or anything. People just go psycho sometimes and go on murdering rampages. The Overlook Hotel. The shining star of the Rocky Mountains.